When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And we are very excited because today we're joined by a, a, a fabulous stand-up comedian. Uh, she's our new content manager. You've heard her talk just a little bit on our last episode, but now this is her full episode to get to know her. Uh, welcome to DST, Lauren Hope Crass. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's great <laughs> to be here. We're so psyched to have you on. <laughs> In the office where I already work. Yeah. Yes, but this is, you know, it's this a different special. game. The this is official. And, and the listeners can really get to know you this way. Mm-hmm. And you're a part of the DST family now. So I think it's really the DST important. Team. The oh, DST. Yeah. We're so happy to be working with you because DST is all about unlearning diet culture, but it's also about finding the humor in it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you could not be a more perfect person to be working with us because Literally. it aligns so much with your brand of comedy. Oh, thank you. Um, would you say humor has helped you break free from diet culture? And if so, how? Definitely. I, I think it was an accident though, you know, because when, yeah. you, when you start comedy, you're like, what's weird about me to make fun of, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm plus sized, you know? And so it's it started as a little bit of self-deprecation. Cause again, I, I was 22, you know? Um, I wasn't fully formed, uh, formed yeah. you know? Um, when you started comedy. When I started comedy, I was 22. No, yeah. when she arrived on earth. <laughs> she, she I, was like, 22. I was Thumbelina. Yeah. <laughs> I just came out of a I flower. I that movie. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, so good. It's so good. Everyone's so hot in that movie. Anyways. Literally. Um, and even I, the frogs. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, the, the one that's like Charo? Yeah. She uh, is Charo. She is, yeah, Wait, is the voice yeah. actually Charo? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Do you want to know how much I loved that movie? My <laughs> grandma used to take me to the library to rent videos and they only had it in Spanish. I did not speak Spanish. I still rented Doesn't matter. the video. Sexy cartoons. Funny. <laughs> so sexy. sexy and language. you know all the words anyway from seeing it a hundred yeah. times. And the music is beautiful. So good. Well, you're a plus size woman and you define yourself as fat. I've heard you say mm-hmm. many times 
I'm a fat woman. What are your feelings on that word and how has it changed over the years? What if I was just so offended right now? <laughs> I was like, Emily, <laughs> bully. Uh, well, you you sat in with Sean when we talked about it. I did, it. I did. What do you think of her answer? Um, I feel very similarly. I think, yeah. I think it's a neutral descriptor. And mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people in the fat liberation sphere, like it's even a positive descriptor to like be proud of your body in a way. I'm not one to encourage people to use it if they're not comfortable using it. Some people are really triggered by the word, but for me, it was very powerful to take it back in a way. But here's the thing, I behind the curtain for yeah. the listeners, I saw the outline and I saw this question and it stumped me because I was like, when did I start doing this? That's what I was wondering. And like it wasn't like, oh, 22 year old fresh right. face Lauren. It's, you know how in Inception, you know you're in a dream if you like, don't remember how you got there. Sure. Well, there's also the thing with the spinning top. <laughs> Stay on track. Okay. Sure. So in Inception, okay. you know you're in a dream if you don't remember how you got there. And I feel like that's me with the word fat as a neutral slash positive descriptor. It's so it's I, dreamy. I, yeah, it's totally a dream world <laughs> being a fat hot, hottie. But yeah, just like I don't remember when I started. I think Aubrey Gordon probably has something to do with it because mm. I was reading her blog, Your Fat Friend. Mm-hmm when that first came out and the way she used the word was very neutral and it just sounded correct. What's annoying is when people will try to police what fat people call themselves. Right. You know, like if you're not comfortable saying it as a straight size person or a plus size person, that's fine. But if somebody is like, well, as a fat girl on the dating scene, if you're like, don't say that, it's like, then that's you your think shit. that fat means bad. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, it's not bad to be fat. It's not bad to be short or tall. Yeah. You know, I think there's this, like the message is like, well, you don't have to be fat. So mm. therefore, like, don't call yourself that because you could change one day. Well, you don't have to be anything. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, you know, I don't have to be brunette. Yeah. I always go back to that because I'm like, you can change your hair color too. You look great like, as a brunette though. Like, don't. Oh, thank you very much. I used to bleach it. <laughs> I used to bleach it never again. So we kind of talked about, you don't remember when you started saying the word fat. But right. Did you start your standup talking about what you look like yes. or were there other things? My first joke uh -huh. was, this is what Lindsay Lohan would look like if she put down the cocaine and picked up a bag of Doritos instead. Oh God. <laughs> would it get a laugh? Yes. <laughs> and um, You do kind of look like Lindsay. I, I used to get it a lot when I was younger. I once signed an autograph as her when I was 16. Amazing. That's when we were the most similar. But yeah, it was, it started so. You're actually the other actress. There is an Annie and a Hallie. Yeah, you're the twin that yeah. got ousted. <laughs> That's a very popular conspiracy theory. It's that, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's I love me. Doritos. Hi, I'm Hallie. It's me. <laughs> I'm the problem. Um, okay, so you made jokes about your body size, but they were like self-deprecating. Oh yeah, I do want to talk about this because. I was able to get easy, quick laughs with that when I started, mm -hmm. but then you hit this like, I'm sure as comedians, you you are familiar with the concept of people laughing all, too all hard. In. Oh yeah, oh. no, not laughing too hard. <laughs> no, like, because sometimes, like sometimes, I'll be like, oh, I look like Draco Malfoy's dad, and people will lose their minds, and I'm like, <laughs> you're oh, like, guys, right. it wasn't supposed no, to be that. No, that means yeah. it works. That no, means you're funny. I know, but also I'm like, oh, I really look like him. No. Oh, nor. nor. Well, that's why you can't you can't commit to the joke unless you're very, very comfortable exactly. with it. Yeah. And on the days when you're not, 
Yeah, it's but, not as fun. But right. also getting the Oz. The Oz is what I so my transformation into, and this is going to keep coming up to my like body fat positivity and self confidence. It's all a beautiful accident that started the wrong way. Yeah, like because what happened was on stage, I would start to get the Oz, and audiences are smart. Like if you're not confident, they can smell it, mm. and they will not laugh with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I learned that by doing and I was like oh I have to be more confident so they'll laugh and so then I became more confident yeah for Uh comedy yeah but then it was real yeah you know classic fake it till you make it going through the motions yeah and and you get all of that just from experience from doing it over and Mm -hmm. over again but um but were all your jokes at that time like that kind of joke, like self-deprecating like laugh. You have other stuff to say, too. I definitely do. But I I think when I first started, it was almost like a bizarro Amy Schumer or something. You know, I was uh. like, look at me. I'm so weird looking and nobody will date me. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was fine because I don't know. It was I was like the only woman on the scene. I started in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm. And so people were kind of just ready to hear any woman talk. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it kind of worked in my favor. But um, I mean, my current brand of comedy, as you may know, it's like very people are like, what's your what's your style? What's your voice? And I'm like, I just shout at people that I'm hot. And, <laughs> you know, like I just hit on the audience and talk about how I'm fat and I'm hot and get over it. You know, mm-hmm. like so it's definitely morphed into something more powerful, which I think is it's I mean, it's a great um, metamorphosis because I do college shows a lot now. Yeah, and it really resonates with Gen Z. And because they probably inspires the ones yeah. who like aren't there yet. I love them. They're my favorite. Yeah. I know they're cute. Hi, little fatties listening. You're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first started, were you still in the throes of like wanting to change your body size? Because I know you have a long, torrid oh, history yes. with dieting. I sure do. It's so funny. I guess for comedy. Well, do I start at the beginning or do I start at comedy? Where do I start? Start where you want. Start at your trauma. So <laughs> I was start from the beginning. I was born at ten pounds. No, <laughs> I was plus size when I was born. Were too. you a plus size baby? <laughs> yes, I was. I've never not been fat. Okay, like there's um. You know what? It's actually good to be a plus size baby because they don't make a ton of clothes for like new babies. My sister-in-law right was just talking about this. She's like, "There's no hats for little babies." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Let's hope she's big." Yep. It's a that's a good point. Yeah. Because when you get newborn clothes for like like I've had to buy for friends who had babies, they're drowning in them. Mm-hmm. Like even the newborn sizes. Mm-hmm. No, my baby hips looked real good in, in those <laughs> Your baby zero hips months. Did not lie. Your childbearing baby hips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where when did you start going on diets and whose idea was it? Was it your parents? Was it you? Like tell us a little bit about that. I, I think it's never us. Can I just say that? I think it's never <laughs> us. I yeah. think it is external things like diet culture and family and and like Media. I'm from the south too, so that's a big thing. Yeah. My mom was a beauty queen. Mm, um, what? Beauty yeah. pageants? I was I did beauty pageants too, by the way. Really? Boy. You were Were you a toddler in a tiara? No, I was not a toddler in tiara. I was a 16-year-old trying to make my gay crush love me while singing Mandy Moore pageant. Relatable. What song though? And I, um, what's the one where she's dying? I oh, and I, I lay my hands and down. Yeah, that one. That one. I was like, he's gonna love me in this sparkly dress if I sing. That's why I did pageants was to make Kyle love me. 
um, he he was gay. Anyways, um, <laughs> relatable. And I got no. Literally, I used to lend the guys in my ballet class my tights because I'd be like, "Be my boyfriend," mm-hmm. and they'd be like, "I just want to wear your tights. I just need I I need oh, feminine so tights. That's, that's so all cute. I need from you." They like the ones with the the seam up the back. Mm-hmm. Like who doesn't? That's hot. Yeah. But I, anyways, I won Miss Congeniality. So I, I just want to say that as like the plus girl in the pageant. Yeah. That was so funny to me because they were like, well, you have a good personality. So, <laughs> right. Here right. you go. Um, but okay. So 16, though, yes. is probably not your first no. foray into dieting, which no. sucks because that is even so, I know. So young. And I feel, I almost feel bad talking about it because I, I grew up in a really supportive family, like yeah. big picture. But, we were in the South and I was a woman or a young girl, you know, and a lot of my dieting stemmed. It did stem from what I thought was me wanting to, you know, mm-hmm. like I was in Weight Watchers at 12, maybe younger. It's it's wow. hard to remember. I was going yeah. to meetings and weighing in as a child <laughs> trying to oh. shrink myself, you know, and counting points and counting points. Those success. One, two, three. I'm really revealing my age here, <laughs> um, but like I've gone through all the Weight Watchers things. Um, since I was a kid and I would do it um, with my mom, um, my grandma, my big mama, who I grew up mm-hmm. with. Um, Shout out to big mama. My almond aunt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we have a Weight Watchers family or we did. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead. But like my mom and I are very anti-diet now. But yeah. back then we were just women trying to survive in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it was it was rough. <laughs> What was it like being on Weight Watchers? I mean, it doesn't work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It didn't work at all. So I, I always tell people like that it might work, but not long term. Because mm-hmm. the second you go off of it, you're not going to be able to count your points anymore. And you're going to lose control. Because yeah. it's, it's essentially calorie counting. It was, I mean, that's also, how. Also, how do you ever fully go off it if you know the numbers in your head? Like, I, I feel like it took mm. me a really long time as somebody who did count calories yeah. to like not be able to look at something. Like, even if you're not intentionally doing it, you'll be like, I know what that is, you know? Right, right. Like, I, that's bringing that up for me, too. I think it took a couple years to kind of forget. Um, but I also switched around a lot. Like, I forget the name, and I'm glad I do. I don't want to shout it out. Mm-hmm. But there was a company. I loved commercials as a young teen. Mm. We, Any, we grew up in the age of infomercials. I was oh like, God. I need Body by Jake. I need this. <laughs> I need my mom was like, okay. I need that little snap thing that does all the hairdos. The snap thing. I oh ordered it. God, it never hairigami. came. Hairigami. Oh, I had a hairigami. You Jealous. did not. It, it, it worked. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to beg for mine, and then it never came. My mom was like, see? That wait, that's a really funny image though of you as at twelve years old being like, "Mom, can I have a Bowflex for Christmas?" <laughs> that was me. <laughs> there was a there was an infomercial. It was this whole program. This is what I remember more than Weight Watchers. Weirdly enough, I forget what it was called, but it, their like scheme was they're like every diet fails, but this one's based on you, you know? And yeah. You, and you don't really give it that much info. You're like, I'm a Virgo or, or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah, you guys, we've got another fucking Virgo on here. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. But I got excited about that program because I was like, it's for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I got really into it. And I think I did lose weight on that one. But then, you know, if you don't do it forever, yeah. right? you gain the weight back. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, they rely on that. That's <laughs> like the whole business model, which once you really understand that and let it sink in, then you can start really rejecting these things because totally. you know that like their whole business model is dependent on you needing to stay mm-hmm. on that program in order to 
keep seeing results. Wait, so should I quit therapy? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scam. Self-care is a scam. Diets are a scam. Um, Therapy's good. It's a great business plan, though. Like, I, I yeah. almost, I almost yeah. give the billionaire machine that is diet culture credit because it's a it's a great business it's plan it's a great scam <laughs> yeah. and they're they're preying on our insecurities which yeah. is something that you can always count on you know so messed up um and once we heal then we don't need no you more anymore. money for you no more yeah. money for you and that's where the therapy comes in yeah yes. money for therapy money for therapy but it's interesting like we haven't talked about this but the weight watchers statement that they put out mm. a few weeks ago that was like Oh, that fake ass look apology. At, look at her getting all wound I'm up. Very upset. Yeah, it was a fake ass apology that basically was like, "Yeah, so we're really sorry. Like, we didn't realize that like diets really don't work. Like, <laughs> it starts so good, and, and it started so good, and we were like, oh hell yeah, Weight Watchers.' And they're like, so now we're gonna prescribe you Ozempic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies, yeah, um, yeah, because it, it kind of seemed like they were gonna be like, so Weight Watchers is shutting its doors. Yeah, right. right? kind of. And we're so sorry for everything that we've done to you and your entire family. Right. Instead, it's another Black Mirror episode that is real life. Yeah. Yeah. We only, we don't have, sorry, I'm not going to do a whole Ozempic episode. Yeah. But Emily, I know you listened to the episode on maintenance phase where they talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Ozempic that Weight Watchers is partnering with is a startup company and it's not even the real drug. It's like because they ran out of the real drug or it's in like low supply. Right. So the stuff they're giving the Weight Watchers people isn't even the real stuff. It's like watered down. We don't know what it is stuff. It's so messed up. So it's it's semi-glutide, but it could be mixed with other things. It's not the glute. It's really it's not. Oh, that is they have a patent. That company has a patent on it. And it's supposed to go to people with type 2 diabetes. And then they made the other one. Wagovi for weight loss. And then now that one's in short supply. So the FDA has a rule where they'll allow like third party hacks mm-hmm. to make like fake version, like generic oh. things. But there's a patent on it because it was like, I don't want to give Ozempic like credit, but like it works wonderfully for people with for type sure. 2. And it's not yeah. even weight loss. Like it, it, it does help your bloods and everything. Yeah. But like or all these other PCOS things. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not real. Like most of the in quotes Ozempic out there is like not that chemical from the lizard that works interesting it's, it's other stuff anyway so it's just like it's bad on like nine levels yeah so <laughs> Weight Watchers stays fucking up this episode is brought to you by Newly. have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. 
Just go to newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. I value your opinion on it. I'm wondering, have you ever had a doctor suggest that you go on a weight loss drug or anything like that? I had, so my primary care physician in New York, I had to leave him eventually, but every time, every time, and this was at my most fit too. Mm -hmm. Um, And by fit, I mean like, I guess I weighed less than I do now or something. And your bloods were amazing. And my my bloods were, my bloods were good. You know, fat people don't have to prove their health to anybody, but my bloods have always been very good. And every time I would go in, he would be like, you really need to get bariatric weight loss surgery. Oh, and it's like, oh, you want me to risk my health? You want me to actually become unhealthier mm-hmm. at the prospect of becoming smaller? Fuck you. I, it is so insane to me that a doctor would would just blindly recommend that to somebody because not they just only- just look at you and recommend right. it. And that is horrifying because not only is bariatric surgery unsafe- Okay, like the actual surgery itself is quite unsafe, but the after effects, it really can reduce your quality of life and people have a lot of issues, especially intestinal issues. Mm -hmm. Like it's on paper, like not very healthy. I know there's probably some people listening who've done it and it's worked for them. Yeah, I'm wondering who it's intended for. I think maybe I think it's intended for people who are maybe over 600 pounds. To like get down to a, a reasonable weight where they can start to be do... more mobile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. We have yeah, the disclaimer neither, on this podcast. None of us. But... No, but, but I think you're correct in that because yeah. at a certain point, um, your mobility is like very effective. There's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like you, some people are, are so big that they are physically unable to exercise. So like it might be worth it to them to have, um, it could be life intervention. Saving. I yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see that guy that like his this is crazy thing to say, but we were talking about mobility. He had like his balls swell up really? to like the size of like two I'm not kidding, bowling balls. And it what? was taking over his life and he like couldn't leave the house. Like it was just so That's, heavy. Ugh. And what was causing I don't even it? have balls and that hurts. Doesn't that hurt? Yeah. You guys look it up. It's fucking insane. And this guy, he couldn't even put pants on. Like he, he was just walking around like Winnie the Pooh style, like with his <laughs> Poor balls guy. hanging out. I know. Hopefully not outside. And he find no. He stayed in the house because it was, was so ashamed. It was ruining his life. Wait, but, but what was causing it? I don't remember. But he got them taken out, and now he's able to 
have a nice life. Good for you, ball man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's such a tragic story. But I was laughing when you started, and, and I feel bad now because that's that's sad. It's but, okay. But balls Things is can funny. be sad and funny at the same time. Yeah, it's it's totally fine. Tragedy um, plus time and ball <laughs> surgery equals humor. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you grew up in a dieting household. You and your mom would do a lot of this stuff together. But now you and your mom are proud, intuitive eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, were you the one who introduced her to intuitive eating? And also, how did you learn about intuitive eating? Great question. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, uh, this is something where I came into it by accident for the wrong reasons. Yeah. In 2018, I lost my day job. And because of that, I think I had health insurance for like one month. And because I lost health insurance through a job, I was eligible for Medicaid. I didn't even mm-hmm. try to. Yes. Hell yeah, I know, baby. I didn't even know I was applying for Medicaid. I just went to New York State of Health and like signed up. And then they sent me a Medicaid card. And I was like, oh. The golden ticket. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> so like the deals person in me is what found a dietitian because I yeah. was like, ooh, I'm going to get my teeth did. I'm going to get you know, my blood's done. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it, it really <laughs> is true. Like Medicaid is the best. Yes. Like it covers everything. It covers almost everything. Yeah. Obviously, if you're on Medicaid, you're usually not in the best financial situation, but that is one silver lining is that you get oh, covered. Like, yeah. Pretty much everything. It was so great. And I know I was taking care of myself, but it was like the like rat version of me that was like, get as much free stuff yeah. as you can, uh-huh. <laughs> which is Bogo. how I found it. Yeah. <laughs> and I called, so just to recap for five seconds where I was in my like dieting journey or whatever. Yeah. You know, like age 12 to 18 is like, it's horrible, but it was like a lot of different diets. And then in college, I think I was just, I was drinking a lot. I I wasn't really doing anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after college, I think that's when I sort of had my epiphany where I was like, diets are bad. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but I didn't know about intuitive eating. So I was just like, I'm going to eat whatever I want, Mm -hmm. whenever I want, you know? And it's just like, it was not the best feeling for my body, mm-hmm. um, but I just, you don't know these things. You think you grow up and you're like, oh, I can diet or be a slob. Right. The pendulum swings hard. <laughs> you know? Well, was it kind of like an act of rebellion? Like yes. I've done all this stuff. Yeah. It hasn't worked. So I might as well do whatever the fuck I want. Totally. It probably coincides with me learning the word fat as a neutral descriptor as well, because it was very much like fuck diet culture, Mm -hmm. I'm fat, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for all the F words, mom. So I was just eating whatever I wanted. But then when I got this Medicaid, Medicaid. (laughs) I was like, I guess I'll try a dietitian if it's free. Yeah. And so I called the number of like the first one on the list. even though you were in that like headspace of dieting is bad. This is what I think is so interesting. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was like a spiritual moment or something because a little voice inside my head was like, call the number, Uh you know? And I like, I didn't even want to do it. Like it was 8 p.m. It's a core memory. I was cat sitting in the Upper West Side. I had been inside all day. I'd eaten takeout all day. I didn't feel great, but I didn't want to diet, you Uh know? And I was like, I have this golden card. And so I called the first number at eight o'clock. I'm smiling because I think it's a funny story. Um, And I didn't think anybody would pick up. And uh, this little voice picks up hello this is Rebecca Dickoff I'm using her name I'm sure she's fine with it yeah and I was like oh uh 
are you mean? Can I eat carbs? Are you a fat shamer? <laughs> She's like, wow, this is a lot at once. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and she is such an empathetic, wonderful person that she was just like, of course not. Oh. You know, we're going to we're going to do whatever feels best for you. Why don't you just come see me Monday and we'll have a chat. And I, and I still I was like, can I have carbs? <laughs> she was like, yes, yes. please eat carbs. <laughs> and it's pure luck. And God, that she was an intuitive eating nutritionist. Nuts. Amazing. That's and nuts. she was covered. And she was covered. She's she has her own practice now. Uh-huh. Um, I know she takes different insurances, but at the time she was in this practice. That the list took, of people. She was that, the first one. And that's it was, amazing. It was it was such a blessing, and I remember learning it, being like, you know, how you're in. <laughs> this is such a nerdy example. Uh, you know how you're if you're in like geology class in college, you're like, oh wow, this is about the earth that I know about, but it's all making sense of why everything is where it is. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how intuitive he is. <laughs> Remy, stop bullying me. I'm not. I'm just thinking I'm like, I did geology in high I school. Loved- I guess I felt the same way about like a sedimentary rock. Oh my god, I loved my science classes. Um <laughs> and now I love Star Trek. Anyways, um, but it was so it was so affirming. I mean, have you guys read the Intuitive Eating book? Yes, no. I have. I Remy, I recommend it. <laughs> I I would love to. It blows your brain up in the best way. You're just like, oh, I'm not bad. Oh, th- this makes it. Oh, yes, okay. And yeah. and like everything that you're reading, and there are a lot of case studies in it. Yes. Um, you know, people that they actually treated, but everything you read, you're just like, wow. It's fascinating. They're explaining things that I've experienced mm-hmm. that have only ever been framed as this is my fault. Right. It like See, I feel like I've gotten a lot of those experiences on this podcast where like, like I'm not saying like, I feel so healed, but like I, I kind of do. Yeah. No, I will well, read I, the book, but I just, mm, I, I hope mean, it's an book, audio book. The book, they have an audio book. Okay, it's, great. it's a worthwhile read, but I always tell people like, you actually don't really need to read the whole book. You could just read the 10 principles and start practicing it. Mm-hmm, but right. the book just contextualizes it in a way that's like, I have know, read per- the principles. Yeah, the principles are the most important part. But, yeah. but for example, like they're, they'll they'll uh, describe a patient and they'll be like, this patient tried X, Y, Z. And yes, she, she lost weight. But then over the next 10 years, she actually gained more weight back, couldn't explain it, had reduced her calories. Like they will go into extreme mm-hmm. detail about how, how people really, really tried the quote willpower way. Right. Yeah. And it did not work. And did she give you this it's book? So affirming. No, but she recommended it. She just recommended. You know, she was well, like, "This what is I what meant. we're going like, to study." <laughs> Sorry, does she I had to pay nineteen ninety nine. She didn't gift it to you. God damn, <laughs> it was a scam. I guess uh, but was that, that Medicaid didn't like, cover it. Like appointment number one. Yes. Okay. I think she kind of eased me into it, mostly because I was so anti everything yeah you know i'm sure she was confused like why are you here you don't want yeah. to do anything you're so yeah. angry at me and, <laughs> i haven't uh, said anything yet and she actually became intuitive eating certified after we started working together so i think we both learned a lot from each other while we were doing it amazing and we did start with a lot of food logging which i will say it's it's an advanced thing to do mm-hmm. um as someone who exists in diet culture, yeah. you know, but I hadn't dieted in like nine years. So I was able to do it without really triggering any sort of old body issues or diet issues. Is it like food logging in a uh, not judgmental way? Because I feel like yeah. anytime I would log, it would be like shameful. It's it's hard. You have to 
get yeah. to it. Like she made sure I wasn't in a diety space, which was really easy to tell because again, I walked in the office, guns blazing. With, her, with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she was like, okay, I think you can actually handle food logging. And so what we did with the food logging is that's really only like a fourth of it. You know, I would log my sleep, my mood, my hunger levels, my satiety levels. And it was just kind of like we were detectives together. Like every mm-hmm. week we'd go in and I'd be like, I had eight cookies for dinner. Why did I? And she's like, oh, well, you had a pumpkin spice latte here and then you didn't have breakfast. And so your body needed sugar. And so yeah. oh, like it's it's kind of arduous and boring at first working with a, like a health at all sizes or intuitive eating dietitian. But over time, you just you really learn it. And you can hear your body more. And I, I love her. She talks. She's very loud. <laughs> but I can hear her now. And it's it's beautiful. Like, I, I love listening to her and, like, giving her what she needs. And It was so funny. There's, like, we have a text thread now. And there was one day that you guys were talking about that. And I, I guess I was busy or something. I came back to, like, 20 texts. And I just <laughs> saw Lauren being like, I love listening to her. She's so amazing. And I'm, like, scrolling up feverishly to being like, who is she talking about? Who, we could be talking it, about bodies. We could be talking about Brittany. No, but literally, oh. I was like, is this a person? And I was like looking for like the name of a person. And I was like, oh, it's her body. It's my body. <laughs> That's so cute. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So something that you just said that that resonates with me is like a lot of people assume, mostly people who haven't read the principles and haven't read the book, but a lot of people assume that intuitive eating is just eating whatever the fuck you want all the time and not caring. Right. right. Um, However, you coming from a place of really rejecting diets Mm -hmm. and truly being like, I'm just going to eat whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Then going into intuitive eating where you're actually listening to your body. Yeah. Obviously, there's a huge difference between the two. Totally. Because with intuitive eating, you're really, really tuning in to what your body needs in Mm -hmm. that moment. And then also how different things make you feel. Mm -hmm. Whereas the original one is more, it's almost more like angry. Like, like I'm going to eat in spite of Mm -hmm. these diets. And it feels good. Like it's like the old shitty saying of like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels Mm. that's true for like for me for intuitive eating like it really does 
you feel good mm-hmm. <laughs> in your body. Nothing tastes and as good as intuitive eating feels. Yes. Yeah. Great rebrand. And it's like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to keep feeling good? And then, but also you're allowed to like emotionally eat. And it's kind of like looking at a price tag. Like I love cream cheese, but she can't, my body can't handle. She, she screams at you. She gets mad. Are okay. you lactose intolerant? With cream cheese. With okay. cream cheese. <laughs> cream cheese and milk. Are they like the two things my body is like, get it away from me. Um, but every other dairy. But not I'm, cheese? Not cheese. I love not cheese. yogurt? She loves cheese. Okay. Cool. Stop saying she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are we talking about now? Literally, your body, your brain. <laughs> Somebody like went into the bathroom for two seconds. They're like, "Who is she talking about?" <laughs> so, have there been any downsides to intuitive eating? Okay, have you guys experienced this where food and this? I find pl- I'm able to find pleasure in food. Like mm-hmm. that's real. Mm-hmm. But food is not very exciting to me anymore. And I do kind of miss that, oh. you know, and I know I discovered it with Rebecca, my, my dietitian, mm-hmm. because it, it's so weird. I was cat sitting for this one too. I don't know why I keep Seems adding to that be a common context. Occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> I don't cat sit anymore, by the way. Nobody asked me to cat sit. I cat sat this weekend. <laughs> oh, good for you. It was great. I love cats. Um, <laughs> But I was, I was. She loves cats. <laughs> My body loves it when I'm around cats. She, I got to stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> no, but I call, I called Rebecca and I was like, I just ordered from my favorite restaurant because I'm cat sitting in this area. And I like, it's not good. Like, why isn't this good? Mm. And she explained to me, she was like, well, nothing's forbidden anymore. And she goes, yeah. this, this is a part of intuitive eating. It's, it's like having like a food affair. <laughs> like when you're dieting, it's like, yes. this is yeah. so naughty and dirty. The and dirty like, part's yeah, gone. And we're doing it in secret. And yeah, this is just, you're having like a normal, like nice relationship mm-hmm. with food. So that it's not the, the perfect exciting, analogy. the exciting highs and like the devastating lows. Yeah, it's just a no, healthy that, relationship. It's a healthy relationship. <laughs> that's actually the perfect you analogy. You have a secure attachment style with food. Totally. Now. Yeah. yeah. Because like when you cheat, if if you're cheating on someone and you're having this torrid secret affair, you don't actually know what it's like to have a, a nice relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be completely different. Yeah. But, it's the um, cheating that's the exciting thing. Yeah. No, you're so. That's so. I've never heard it put like that, and that's so good. Yay. Um, I will be using that. But, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I I do know what you mean because for me, binging was kind of like a little bit of a drug mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, very much an escape. Like I always say this, but it felt like a vacation. Yeah. And now I, I don't get to take those vacations. I yeah. need to find um, healthier ways to do that. A romantic mm-hmm. getaway. There you go. <laughs> to expand the metaphor a little bit yeah. more. Date night with your food. <laughs> date night. Date Plan night a little cheese. date night. But all in all, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, that's it's a very silly downside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's the downside. So how long did it take you to kind of like balance out your relationship with food? Like, did you have a period where you were like eating family size bags of chips and stuff? Because I certainly did. I think it was... I think I was doing like a the version of intuitive eating that people who don't understand it think it is mm. before intuitive eating where it's it eat, it's eat whatever you want. Mm. OK, you know, like because I do think that's what I was doing mm-hmm. before intuitive eating. I don't think I had any major binge issues, though. I think it was just I've I've always since I was 16, I've always worked like three plus jobs. So it's just mm-hmm. always like eat what I can when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of without thinking without sometimes. thinking what it is or like 
am I am I having any nutrients in yeah. this or something? You know? Yeah. So just to just to fill the listeners in who might not be aware, the first principle is to reject the diet mentality. So basically you're taking all labels away from food. Yes. So like for me, I um at the time I was shopping for just me, I would go to Trader Joe's and get like everything that looked good to me. And then, you know, at the end of the night, because I was telling myself like, okay, there are no good foods, there are no bad foods. It was really like, what do I want to eat? So I would eat like an entire, yeah, like family size, whatever, like JoJo's cookies or whatever. Yeah. Didn't make me feel great. Yeah. But it's kind of a period that some of us have to go through. It's Mm -hmm. a period that most people I think go through with it. I'm almost, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm privileged in a way. Yeah. You had somebody on your podcast who brought this up about like growing up in bigger bodies where our podcast, all of our podcasts our now. Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the DS Thank you. team. I'm in the DS team. Yeah. You had somebody on our podcast. Yeah. Our, <laughs> our, our, I don't know what accent that is. Um, it's a pirate. <laughs> ahoy matey. Correct. Um, Chips ahoy matey. You had Victoria, maybe Victoria. Victoria. She's talking about how like, you know, people in bigger bodies, we we sort of have a fast track in a way to like learning to love ourselves and not judge ourselves too Mm, fast mm -hmm. because we just get the shit thrown at us a little sooner, you know? Mm, And so I think for me in intuitive eating, it was like a really beautiful marriage that like started I wouldn't say easily, but it, it was just exciting. I was like, oh, this all makes sense and this fits well with what I want to do and how I feel. I've been dating all these other diets and they were horrible <laughs> and toxic. I was a, it was a whirlwind romance with yeah. intuitive eating. I will say, though, it took like three years to learn it, though. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you still have, I mean, the things that you're unlearning, it's not just diet culture. It's it's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be at work for eight hours, and I'm only gonna eat a bar. Or you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. you unlearn all kinds of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, so it, I feel like it took three years though to like get a handle. Yeah, and like any great relationship, you eventually introduce them to your mom. Yes, and you introduce intuitive eating to your mom. I'm not saying you guys are dating the same guy. Ew, great but, segue, um, Remy. You guys have really cute conversations about it, but I'm sure it took a while for her to like buy into it. No. No? No. No. Damn. Listen. She liked him right away. My mom was a dieting fiend, beauty queen, did pills, did Weight Watchers. (laughs) What kind of pills? You know, like, like the South Beach diet. Okay. Pills. They that used to have pills. I, didn't know I, that I did not pills. know that. Were yeah. they in, like amphetamines? I I think so. I don't, yeah, I don't want like, to so, say she yeah, took guys, something she didn't don't took. Don't worry about it. Don't take it's, it. <laughs> it. It's it's not. Um, I'm not asking in a judgmental way because these things were in the drugstore. I remember them. Well, like, she had she had weight cycled like crazy when she when she was like 18 to 30. It was just like up and down and up and down because they were like extreme diets, mm-hmm. you know, and. When she was raising me to go back a little bit, I, f- I really love that she knew she knew stuff before she knew stuff, if that makes sense. Like she would support me if I was like, I want a body by Jake or whatever. But she yeah. never made me feel bad about my body. She never encouraged me to restrict or diet because she knew how miserable it made her. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And so when I discovered intuitive eating and told her about it, she kind of like co-learned it through me. You know how you give your friends therapy? from your therapist mm-hmm. and they get like yes. go therapy. Yeah. 
It's like that with with um, with my dietitian and my mom. I would like call her after each session and explain and be like, oh, and like you got to have protein in the morning, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And now my mom and I will like text each other pictures of what we're eating. And it's whether it's, you know, something stereotypically healthy or not. Like we just we love talking about what we're eating mm-hmm. and we make fun of diet culture together. Like it's a it's like a really cute whole. She sends you like ads that she's like, look how ridiculous this is. Yes. Oh my god. She the- still wants us to do a video about it. Yeah, Wait, it's I, a great I, idea, mom. It's it, a great idea. It was idea. a lovely idea. I hope that um she's comfortable with with me just sharing it. Totally. It was, um, I won't go into too much detail, but she was basically like, I saw this this video from this fitness person saying that um if she eats a sweet potato the wrong way then it's quote just as bad as a can of soda right mm-hmm. and and to hear first of all she has a, a southern accent yes, she's a southern which lady. i won't try to impersonate because <laughs> i know that's offensive but she was basically like and all i heard was blah 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 yeah. <laughs> i love her so much so cute do you think that she feels better about herself or like, do you think her relationship with her body has improved from this? Yes. That's lovely. We had a phone call yesterday that made me cry. Actually, Mm. it was just a regular catch up call. And she was like, you know, you changed my life, right? (sighs) She said, you know, you've changed how I see myself and how I carry myself. And you gave that to me. And I was like, mom, stop. Like, oh my God, you raised me. Like you made me, which then helped you. But it's like, she's, she was only 24 when she had me. So we're like, we're kind of like sisters in a way. Like my dad wasn't around. So we're very, very close. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I changed my mom. How crazy is that? It really, she gave you life and then you changed hers. But, and it really is life changing. <laughs> yes. It really is life changing. Yeah. Um, and like to be able to to give somebody that gift. But the thing is, the, uh, the person needs to be in the right place in their life to mm-hmm. receive that gift. Because otherwise it could seem like you're saying, oh, your problems aren't real. Or, you know, even telling somebody that they might never lose weight. That can be very hurtful to hear for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you got to be in the right place. You can't. You can drag a horse to water, but, but the horse will insist, I'm not thirsty. There you go. I've never been thirsty. I'm still going to lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of how I learned to accept my body also is through, A, helping my mom, but also helping plus-size friends. Because mm-hmm. I thought about this a lot last night, knowing we were going to record this today, and I'm like, how am I me? How am I like this? Yeah. And I think it happened through like friendships and like seeing people like plus size women around me struggle and suffer and be like, but no, you're beautiful. No, don't Mm -hmm. be hard on yourself. And then it kind of like internalizes. And there's so much beautiful like faking it till you make it in my journey of like self-love, body love, intuitive eating. Like it's all happy accidents. Well, also, it's sometimes easier to give empathy to other people than yourself for some reason. Like I was just talking to a friend on how come about how she helped so many people come out in college, but then she didn't come out until way later in life. Gosh, is this me? (laughs) (laughs) I still think I'm straight and I definitely helped all my friends come out. Right. Yeah. You're like, (laughs) I always talk about Dylan Adler's joke where he's like in high school and Dylan's very proudly gay now, but he used to be like, we need to be better allies to our gay and lesbian <laughs> sister, brothers and sisters. And it's like, so cute. if you, I mean, 
a lot of people can help other people before helping themselves because I don't know why, but there is like this self hatred sometimes that you don't think you deserve it, yeah. but you can see it so clearly in other people that you love and care about. Absolutely. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I also want to talk a little bit about dating yeah. as a plus size woman. Oh, yeah. How is what that? Dating? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is, it, is your dating life like crickets right now? It's a little crickets, but it's it's again, it's that having a healthy relationship with anything is boring. Mm, you yeah. Know? Like I have no patience for men who, you know, pop in my DMs. and are like, wow, look at that body. Look at those curves. Look at, you know, and I'm like. Leave me alone. So I, I would actually yeah. love to to know that because um, I'm sure that you've been fetishized before yes. for your body size. Yes. What is that like and how do you recognize that versus like, what's the difference between being fetishized and Someone somebody being just, attracted to yeah, you? Yeah, somebody just yeah. thinking you're really hot. I think, well, one thing about fetishization that we don't realize is thin women are constantly fetishized. Oh, yeah. You it's know? just more like, normalized. People are like, well, I like this, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like because there's a stigma around being into bigger girls, like it feels more like a fetish. So I have no problem with Mm. guys who like big girls call me. Um, (laughs) But you don't like when you open with that. It's just I'm Southern. It's rude. Have manners. You know, I was going to say when you open about anybody's body, it's kind of like like off putting. that You're just like you couldn't like think of a little joke from my profile. Yeah. And also, here's the thing I've learned over time to Men do like big girls. Like, mm-hmm. they are all about it, okay? Yeah. The I think the thing that I run into, and a lot of this is, it's it's based on experience and reality, but also, like, some stuff I need to heal from is this idea that, like, oh, they but they don't want to date me, you mm. know? They want to take me out. They want to sleep with me, but then they're not going to date me. Like, there's, there's I'm, I'm definitely not going to say his name, but there's, like, there's a guy in comedy who, like, loves big girls, mm-hmm. you know? All his girlfriends are skinny, though. I know who you're talking about. I, I mean, it could be multiple people, to be it honest. It could be but you're going to have comedy, talk. entertainment, and yeah. news. Let's you make the yeah. category bigger. You'll have to reveal this information after the recording. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure that's extremely frustrating. Um, how, like, at what point do you know that's the case if you've experienced that? Like, have you ever been dating someone and you thought, oh, we're mutually attracted, like, this could really go somewhere, but then eventually you realize, oh, I'm not maybe the type of girl that right. you would want to date. It's so hard to tell. It's And so much of it is like in your head. Right. I was going to say, or is it a negative fantasy? Because I've experienced yeah. the same thing where I'd be hooking up some, with somebody on the down low and then uh, I'd talk to my therapist and be like, I really want to date him. And they'd be like, okay, so ask him. And I'd be like, no, they'll say like, you're disgusting. I don't want to be with right. you. <sighs> and she's like, why is your fantasy life so negative? I will be very open that I'm not healed on this. Uh-huh. I am not. This is my last little thing in my car box to check <laughs> you know I, yeah. I know I've sat here and I've sounded so enlightened about like body stuff but like you sounded perfect I'm fully thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully unhealed with dating stuff like mm-hmm. I 
you know, I was asked out as a joke when I was younger. That really messed yeah. with me. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you tell this story? Cause this is like Carrie level <laughs> oh, shit. It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> We're going to bum everybody out. Um, okay. Let's do it. In middle school, which is the worst mm-hmm. time period. Middle school is like <laughs> the, it, it's just the time that all women wanted to die. Oh like my that's, gosh. it's just all the of those lowest, women in middle school. The lowest <laughs> of the low point. All my traumas from middle school. It's so bad. Um, I got a note in my locker from a secret admirer. And again, cause I was like 12 or 13 or however old you are in middle school, mm-hmm. you don't have life experience. So you're just like, this is real and this feels good. And I'm in love, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was this beautiful letter about me. And they were like, meet me at the school dance after the second slow song by the Mm -hmm. Coke machines. And I was so excited, went shopping with my mom, bought a pretty dress, second slow song happens, I go to the Coke machines, and all like the cool kids are there and they throw like the nerd at me. Like the geek. Yeah. Not the candy. And it's like, if it was just the geek by himself, like you would have been fine. I'd be like, hi. Yeah. But he was also going along with it because he wanted to be accepted. And he was like, this is a joke. It was humiliating. And I don't remember what happened after it. I think my brain shut off. My therapist explained that to me. Like your brain, like you don't remember things. blocked it out. From really traumatic moments because your brain's protecting you. Yeah. Because I only remember what led up to it. But that stayed with me. I even had a lucid dream recently mm-hmm. where I was it was like a week-long event and I was in this whirlwind romance and I was so in love and I hadn't felt this in my waking life but it was in my dream and I became aware I was dreaming in the dream this is Ooh. even more sad um everybody I'm okay but in the <laughs> but in the dream I come to and I realize it's not real and mm-hmm. I start sobbing Aww. and I go this isn't real this is a dream I'm, I live in Queens oh. you know <laughs> I'm having a dream this yeah. isn't and I'm sobbing because I wanted it to be real yeah and the guy in my dream typically when I have lucid dreams everybody will turn into like a robot because it's like the jig is up uh. but this one was weird the guy went of course it's real what are you talking about oh my god what? and I was like no I'm dreaming and he's like it's real Wait, I see if I was lucid dreaming, I'd be like, okay, let's kiss. We don't know how much time we have left. <laughs> no, truly. I tried truly. to whisper my phone number to guys in lucid dreams before. Call me when we Eight wake. Zero. <laughs> it never works. We need to bring Teresa Chang back in here to interpret that dream. You know, like, well, I feel like there's a lot there. The point I was trying to make is that I didn't believe it was real. Right. Even though it was a dream, like I was asked out as a joke in yeah. middle school. Yeah. I have this very realistic whirlwind dream. Yeah. And, but I didn't believe it. Like that's what pulled me out of it was I was like, nobody loves me like this. This couldn't be real. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? I hate that. And so it, I think it's it's a plus size thing, but it's also like just a being alive thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think if your dad... Yes. I have an absent father. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a big part of it too. I've, I'm starting to see that. Because you love your mom so much <laughs> yes. and you see so much of yourself in her that you're like, if somebody could leave her, then why would anybody right. stick it's, around for me? It's such a, it's such a mind fuck because it's like, I'm, so with my mom, I'm, you know, terrified I'm going to end up with somebody who's wrong for me. Yeah. You know, my dad was not well. Yeah. And and then for my grandma, for Big Mama and Big Daddy, they had the most beautiful relationship. 
but then he died and her Alzheimer's got so bad so fast. Mm. And I'm like, to love someone that much that like your brain breaks immediately, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like that's also terrifying. Like, oh, again, it's all terrifying. super unhealed with dating and like thinking like they're gonna like me and wanna date me and the fear of like, well, what if it does work out? Like, And then you lose the person. I've been single for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's a long time, but um, I don't think it's an uncommon. It, it's long not time, uncommon though. at okay. all. And, yeah. and I, I will just say, I, I don't want to make this about me, but the more that you're talking, I'm just like, it's crazy how much your experience has mirrored mine. Wow. Because I had very similar experiences growing up. I was also plus size and I asked somebody to the prom and he said no. Uh, in front of everybody yeah. mm. then got bullied by my mom for not bringing someone to prom as if I had any options, you know? And wow. that is, so, it's traumatic yeah. because these experiences that we have when they stay we're young, with you, they stay with you. Yeah. I mean, my prom date just made out with somebody else. It's fine. <laughs> Which is not traumatic at all. <laughs> and then my mom was like, um, it's a good thing you didn't make out because his last name is very similar to like, my mom's maiden name, so maybe you guys are cousins. And I was like, oh, oh I'm th- glad. <laughs> Thanks, mom. That's, That's a good helpful. way to frame it. No genetic disorders over here. I will say, though, because you you brought up the Carrie of it all, and if people haven't seen the movie Carrie, there is a new one coming out, and Hunter Schaefer has been cast as oh, Carrie. Oh, hell yeah. See, that's not everyone's reaction. Really? Because I love- Carrie got bullied for having not a thin body. Yeah, you know, and that is so... And using pig's blood was... Uh, supposed to be an insult about that. Right. But, you know, that was weird to me. I actually didn't know that for um, a long time because the version that I saw was Sissy Spacek and she was very thin. she was very thin, yeah. They changed the whole concept of it. Right, right. So I think, like, a lot of people don't even associate Carrie with with the original plot. Well, as your chronically online friend, that is what the internet (laughs) is saying. They are pissed. And I was like, yeah. But then at the same time, you don't want to see somebody get bullied. no. It's not fun. And in anybody. No. I don't so. know who this actor is, but Hunter yes. Schaefer is from <laughs> I'm Euphoria. I'm assuming it's a thin Did you actor. watch Euphoria? I did not. Okay. I, that's really the only thing you would know her from. Where are my Star Trek people at? Before we wrap up, I just had another question about the industry as far as comedy goes, because oh right, before you signed on with us, like you're a full time comedian, you're a very successful person in your own right. That's why we're so lucky to have Thank you on here. Um, have you ever gotten pushback from the industry about weight or anything like that? Yes, it's it's always it's it's always been for men. Not saying anything about men. Mm, interesting. <laughs> So two examples come to mind. When I first moved here, I I like auditioned at a comedy club. We won't say their name. And I got in, but the owner sat me down mm-hmm. and was like, you can't talk about your, your body anymore. Nobody wants to hear a, a woman talk about her body. Nobody? <laughs> That's a big statement. And I was like, you don't want to hear it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, so I just never called in my veils to that club, by the way. I was doing self-care before it was cool. I was like, this place is uncool. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. And then. You're like, um, I have to write new jokes. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I did this conference. I do these conferences to book colleges, um, APCA, NACA. Mm-hmm. And I was doing one of these conferences without an agent. And of course, all the agents were like swarming around me, <laughs> like you should work with me. And this one agent, he was like, he was like, I really want to work with you, but you talk about your body too much. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with him and I showed him my set list 
and I markered every joke on what the theme was, and I showed him that a third of it was body size. Yeah. Which is extremely reasonable. I mean, even if it was a hundred percent, like I can find my audience and it's fine. For sure. But the fact that like so many men in the industry of comedy, they just zone in. That's like that's it's all they hear. On it's it. the yeah. same thing as when they say women are always talking about their periods. Yeah, I've or heard sex. Yeah, I, well, or sex, but sex I I hear a little bit more and from everybody. Yeah, periods. It's like I've maybe heard two jokes in the past ten years about someone's totally. period, <laughs> and for some reason it becomes like folklore. If you that's say yeah. it once, we talk about it's all women talk about. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's so frustrating. So then at that point, was he like, all right, fine. Well, I mean, didn't I, did, work I didn't, with him at I didn't that point. work with yeah. him. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't work with him, but I that's just like, I'm going to um, own you and move on. Uh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> just for fun. That, I, that's a, that's very strong because um, as a young comedian, it's like whatever club will take you. A lot of the time we just want to capitalize. I had, on a, that. I had a club that I auditioned for once and the, the guy who owned it, he was one of the uh, agents for one of the most like raunchy comedians in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I got off after my audition. He said, great job, but just don't say F so much. Right. Huh? I was like, are you kidding? Like, th- I know who you used to represent. Yeah. And I can't say F. There's so much sexism in you comedy can't even if say that's it not now. clear. No, but he, like, said, he said, don't say F. <laughs> oh, he said, don't say F. Because you're a lady. Couldn't you can't fuck. hear yeah. him say yeah. the word. No, I said fuck a lot. But then he, and don't say F. Anyway, he's I dead been now. Like, okay, I won't. Is he? Rest yeah. in pieces. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would have been like, okay, fine. I won't say F. But it, <laughs> I, I would just like to say, though, that I've continued to sometimes rub audience members the wrong way because they have unhealed things with their bodies, too. Yes. And they will share that with me. And they were like, well, why do you have to talk about yourself like this? Or yeah. they won't. They don't hear what I'm saying. They'll be like, but you're beautiful. And I'm like. I, I know. Were you listening? No, but and <laughs> that and, and, you know, and but what I've learned over time is that it's OK. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to get me mm-hmm. and to just find find my audience. Right now, it's Gen Z and New York City crowds. I didn't know I was niche until I did cruise ships, which we won't talk about. We're out of time. Um, oh yeah, but you, you gotta find. No, but your time on cruise ships—that's a whole. That is a very well, exciting. Later. We're out of time. We're out of We're time. Out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, find your audience. I found. I'm. I'm trying to find my audience and like, um, as my mom would say, eat the meat, throw at the bone. You know, I'm focused on the good part, and like, there's gonna be all these bones around. And you just throw those out. I love that expression. I've heard you say it before. And I really. Really? Yes. And I really love it. I um, didn't realize or I forgot that it came from your mom. Yeah. Mm. Your mom's a smart lady. I Um, I like the sentiment, but I also like to chew the ends of bones. Oh, if you you want to talk about bone chewing. I like to chew on a pen I like, cap. I like to get down on some cartilage. That's what I'm, or like, no, but on the, the like meaty, like end pieces. The end piece, yes. Yeah. I chew them all I'm the not, time. Not, it grosses people out. You guys are freaks. Out. Yeah, um, love truly. it. Truly. Sometimes you get splinters in your, <laughs> your teeth. Yeah, that's, that's not, it's not desirable. Um, I do have one more question. Yes. When it comes to body positivity versus body neutrality, what camp are you more in? I I feel like, I feel like my camp is is fat positivity, honestly. Okay. Like I exist I exist in all of the universes of body positivity, fat positivity, body neutrality. She's a citizen of the universe. I'm a citizen of all three, yeah. but I think the one that personally helps me is fat positivity. Okay. 
Yeah, you know? I, I do see like the positivity um, yeah. emanating from you. Like, whereas <laughs> people who are body neutral are more like, I'm not focused on my body at all. Whereas you seem to be more focused as like, I'm reclaiming my body and I'm very like outwardly yes. aware that I'm hot. And yes. she's like, look at my outfit. I yeah. love fashion. Tell me how much you, you like my fashion. outfit. I wear sequins on stage. My my tagline on cruise ships was sequins and sass. It's Lauren Hope Crass. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I wish my last name was Crass. It can rhyme with so many fun things. But I'm so lovely. <laughs> yeah, but you still. Know? Crass is... Crass. Your ass is crass. <laughs> she is. Um, I'm going to change my last name to Krasimir. Oh, oh my God. We'll get married. Good. My last, it is Jewish. I, yay. Solidarity. Just saying. Um, I We have two more questions that are written down and I, I do want to ask yeah. them. Um, what are some practical ways to build body confidence? So if you don't have time to do happy accidents over 20 years, like Walk I did. Sitting. <laughs> Walk cat sitting. Um, I highly recommend to curate your Instagram feed, you know, like unfollow yes. any account that makes you feel bad. Don't judge yourself. If that yeah. account makes you, if that's your best friend and looking at her mute, stuff, mute her, mute her, just mute her. Guys, don't, don't start un- a war. Yeah, I don't, say yeah. don't unfollow your mute friends. her, but like mute certain accounts, unfollow like celeb ones that mm-hmm. you, that don't mm-hmm. make you feel good. And then just follow fat influencers. Like, Honestly, it has changed my brain a la like cognitive behavioral therapy. Like I look in the mirror yeah. and I'm like, oh, I look like Abby in this, you know? And, yeah. it, and it's just, it really changes your brain to follow plus size accounts on Instagram. Who are your faves? Oh my gosh. So uh, with wonder and whimsy. Hi. Um, Hi. She, I don't know that one. <laughs> she's okay. So she's one of my favorites because she's a great example that fat can be delicate and feminine and lovely mm-hmm. and and she's just very she's wonder and whimsy i love that um love abby what's her name uh glitter and lasers um glitter and lasers i love glitter and lasers. wow she she's she's doing a lot of working out and i'm like what are you, are you trying to prove something but like i support her journey okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, we we have so much pressure to perform health for people as fat people but um i will say i only brought up the bloods because you told me they were I know, fantastic I, I, brought, I have good bloods um <laughs> Which, yes. No, but I also think it can be helpful to see people in larger bodies exercising because there's a lot of fear associated with exercising Like if you don't fit into a certain mold. I think it's so inspiring, too, being like, wow, look look what you can do. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, What are some of your favorite places to shop? Because you come in here with fabulous outfits every day. Thank you. Where do you find them? So much color, so many prints. I believe this is torrid mm-hmm. um i mean the big two are obviously torrid t-o-r-r-i-d and then eloquy e-l-o-q-u-i-i locally if you're new york based plus brooklyn is really fun i sell like if you want to wear my clothes go to plus brooklyn they have all my clothes because <laughs> you actually sell to <laughs> yeah them. i sell to them and i buy from them um i do this is a niche shout out okay there is a group on facebook called Curve Live, C-U-R-V. Facebook is a social networking platform. <laughs> <laughs> Originally called The Facebook. It's so niche. There's this thrift store like conglomerate in Florida mm-hmm. and it's like plus size heaven and they do these live shows and I'm like a regular, well, I need to go, I haven't been on a show in a while, but you watch these shows and the girls are so cute and they have funny jokes for every 
outfit. Like they're better than SNL. They'll be like, if something has pockets, they're like, it's got pockets. Like <laughs> it's so funny. And you like type like mine ship number 12 or whatever based on the thing. And so I shop that way a lot. Okay. Mine ship. Mine means you claim it. Uh -huh. Ship means you're getting it shipped. Okay. 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 Florida. Okay. Um, anyways. And uh, I'm forgetting places. City chic. Maybe you can make a list. I'm going to make a list. Because as you guys know, she runs our social content. And uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to make write, content about this. You could write a little article. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are many more places. And I know yeah. you rent a lot, too. Oh, yes. Gwenny B is great. Mm -hmm. Lauren, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're so excited to have you as part of the DS team. Like, you're such a ray of light. You really bring a lot to us and I think to the listeners if you guys like this episode let us know where can people find you and follow you well if you already follow diet starts tomorrow go to the Instagram click see more and mm -hmm. there's my name at Lauren Hope Crass K-R-A-S-S follow me and uh, we can talk about plus size clothes yay thank you again Lauren and we look forward to little segments with you popping in yay. Uh, from now on out you guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, please write us a review and don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir and follow Lauren at Lauren Hope Crass. And you guys, remember, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.